Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good afternoon from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio in Stoneville. Tom and I have soon to be, or maybe already, Dr. Hunter Bowman with us. Hunter is our new Mississippi State Extension Rice Agronomist. Is that right? Correct. So I think y'all decide whether I'm Dr. Bowman or not, right? We signed the paperwork, we? Didn't signed we? it all. I don't have anything okay. else to sign. That's right. If Once the paperwork's all signed. Oh, yeah, there's that there's, one, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. thing. Something from the wherever. But we signed the one that said you passed. And, of course, I think I signed it and sent it to campus or whatever, and they called really quickly and said, you forgot to mark the box if it was a pass or a fail. And I'm like, oh, good Lord, can we make this a little bit easier, please? Just less boxes. How did you not... It only takes two-thirds, right? (laughs) Hunter's talking about his defense for his that he did for his dissertation, I guess, last Last week. week. Thursday. Was that Thursday we did that? Right. Thursday morning. He's all done waiting on the library to uh, finalize everything, but that's all formality. So we call it the 1st of May, and he's on the job as the Extension Rice Agronomist. So we're happy to have We're going to let Hunter tell you all some stuff about himself here when we get going. But Hunter, before you introduce yourself, the question that I wanted to ask you was, what's the one thing people not, might not know about you just by looking at you? I don't know. Uh, if you look at me now, since I moved to Mississippi, you might not know that I used to be really into working out and fitness. So what does that have to do with Mississippi? Uh, well, when I moved <laughs> to Mississippi, uh, Reed Kelly told me when I first came down here that I was getting gain a bunch of weight and I was like oh no not a chance but then I found out y'all fry a lot more stuff than we do in Arkansas which is impressive <laughs> well I've spent a lot of time in both of them I didn't know there was a difference in the amount of stuff that we fried because yeah Reed works out Reed worked out like twice while he worked here <laughs> in four years I mean the food in the Delta is just too good to turn down which is why I couldn't leave essentially <laughs> after finishing see that's why they fry everything because if it tastes good without frying Imagine how good it tastes if you fry it. I wonder if we could fry this. And, <laughs> and there you go. Let's try it. Hey, hey stick of butter. <laughs> right Twix. Snickers bar. Have you ever had one of those fried Snickers? Like county mm, fair type fried? No, I, I have not. I have heard about them. How does that work? I'm not exactly sure, but it sounds I, pretty good. I would assume they freeze it and then batter it and fry it, but I don't know that for a fact. I've always wanted to try one of the fried sticks of butter. I'm a butter fanatic wow that's over the top i think that's how they do the tamales i think they freeze them and and then fry it i've never asked ward had his first fried tamale the other night his eyes about popped out of his head he's like oh those are really good well (laughs) if you if you'd asked i would have told you man yeah fried tamale and they were just like tamale thirds they weren't even the whole thing like you fried hot tamale bites yes they were just where was that at Somewhere in Cleveland with some little reception. Okay. All right, so you can't put a plug in for that? No, I won't put a plug in for it. Just some reception that we – Ward got to tag along with us on that because we had something else to do right after that. Hunter, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I mean, that you'd already indicated that you spent a considerable amount of time in Arkansas, but why don't you give us a little bit more background on yourself? When I was nine years old, I think, it was during spring break, and one of my dad's friends, a farmer back home, I'd been bugging him, you know, a lot about 
getting help out on the farm or getting to do something, getting out of the house. And he showed up at the house one day and knocked on the door and asked me if I could go drive a tractor for him. I said, well, if you show me how, I, I can probably figure it out. So we get out there, and it's his first auto guide that he's had on the farm ever. And the problem was he couldn't teach people to push the one button to drive the tractor and not all the other 50 buttons that were on there. So he showed me what to push and what not to push on the tractor and turned me loose at nine years old planting his cotton crop. That was pretty interesting. From that, you know, I stayed working for him until my second year of college. So did everything from planting, spraying, irrigating on his farm, then moved into an internship my second summer of college with Winfield United, where I got to travel all around the state of Arkansas and do on-farm trials with their products. And honestly, I just fell in love with that. So before that, my goal was to go to law school from that internship. You know, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. Started asking people, what do I need to do to do this for the rest of my life? And somebody told me that I need to go to grad school. So that's how I kind of ended up here today. So you didn't tell people where you were from, though. Where was all this farming going down? All right. So all that was uh, Mariana, Arkansas. So most people around here know where Helena is. If you tell them close to Helena, uh, we're about... 30 miles or so west of Helena. Is Lee County one, is it the next county over from Phillips County or is there one in between it? So Lee County is right next to Phillips County and there's actually part of Lee County on the Mississippi side of the river due to when they redredge the river. Okay. There's a hunting club called Harden Point that you actually go through Tunica to get to the hunting club. A couple places like that, but it's not, you really got to you got to know your map pretty well to see that on the Google Maps. But there's a couple places it's like that. It's one of those places you can be three miles from the house and see it, but it takes you an hour and a half to right. get there. Yeah, I had some friends in Louisiana that hunted like that. They had to go to cross at Vicksburg and back down. Mm-hmm. And it was really close to their house, but it took them forever to get to where they hunted at. So then where did you go to college? Uh, did my undergrad and my master's both at the University of Arkansas. Did my undergrad in ag business, basically went up there and they asked me what I wanted to do and I said ag, so ag business it is. Um, Didn't really know a whole lot of the different aspects of agriculture that you could be in at the time. Uh, After I found out from that internship, decided to go the weed science route and that's when I contacted Dr. Tom Barber, who was cotton specialist at one point in Mississippi, uh, about doing a master's degree. And I was fortunate enough to get a great project working in Milo. <laughs> Pre-sugarcane aphid. I think obviously. Hunter was being a little sarcastic on that, huh, Tom? I think you're right. Yeah. That's the... The point is to learn to do research, right? It's that's right. Then you focused mostly on weed science. I didn't... Did you say that already? Correct. I'm sorry. Hopefully so I, I was looking that. at a, a herbicide-tolerant Milo, looking at all the different herbicides that were could be applied over the top without killing it, basically. It was a good project. I mean, I've looked at it. It was a good project. It was interesting. I mean, I learned a lot from it, but especially not knowing anything about crop science at the time. Uh, I tell people when I started that internship, I didn't even know how to grow stage of soybeans. So come a long way since 2015. That puts us to a time when you moved to Mississippi. Is that, is that about right? So I spent a year working in the industry. Okay. Upon finishing my master's degree, I'd actually talked to Dr. Bond about coming down and interviewing for a PhD position. Which Uh, I didn't remember the conversation, by the way. 
always felt bad about that when Hunter reminded me. Did, did he it, know that before yeah, you just interjected that, no, or is yeah, that no, the first he, time he told no, it because his eyes didn't? No, he's heard that before. <laughs> I've got I've got emails proving that the, the conversation <laughs> happened, and I don't remember it. Uh, pretty much, he had somebody else say if I was wanting to come, I needed to hurry up and schedule a visit. So I emailed him and told him at that time that I decided to take a take a job and not continue on with grad school and basically emailed me back and said, best of luck. And a year later, I came crawling back. Those of us that know him pretty well, that that sounds kind of about how some of those conversations would go with him. <laughs> what, that I wouldn't remember it? Well, in in part, but the, hey, best of luck. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to try to change your mind. <laughs> sounds like you made it up for yourself. And then you came here, were successful. What did you work on with Jason? I looked at Roundup and uh, Dicamba antagonism, looked at different factors that could affect that, the level of control with our grasses that we get when we mix those herbicides in a soybean system. Also looked at uh, loyant in a rice cropping system, looking at you know using loyant as a salvage treatment or as opposed to other options following loyant for grass control, looking at some of the factors that could affect the efficacy that we see with Loyant. Well, which I think is a pretty good, well-rounded PhD project and something that certainly will help you as rice agronomist at this experiment station. Yeah, if you go back to when Hunter came, the Loyant, we had used it for one year commercially, experienced some challenges that year, and so we had quite a bit of work geared towards addressing some of that. By the time he's gotten done, the use patterns for Loyant have changed pretty dramatically, and we don't use it like we were those first year or two. But I think the everything he did was still relevant, and I think it was definitely well-designed stuff. So he picked up a lot of techniques there. And then the soybean stuff, anybody that's listening that deals with extend crops has experienced probably at least once a problem with grass control. I don't know that we've figured that out, but we've definitely addressed some it. factors. Yeah. That we, yeah. We've definitely, contribute. I guess, kind of started to crack the nut. And ever, there's been a lot of other people doing similar projects in other states. So I think that's one cool thing about Hunter. There's some other guys that have done I've described it as the same project, and it had your own little slant on it. So it's Hunter's was similar to a guy that worked for Larry Steckel in Tennessee, but it had a little Mississippi flavor to it. And then there was an, another student in Arkansas doing a similar thing, but it had an Arkansas flavor to it. And I think all three of them kind of contributed to working out, and again, didn't solve, but working on the same problem. The cool thing about that was, you know, everybody having kind of a similar project was – being able to talk to those guys and what they were seeing and figuring out with it and just being able to collaborate with them and now moving into, you know, still having a relationship with those guys and talking to them on a regular basis from that. And I think, too, the fact that there was three of y'all doing really similar work gives it some credibility, the project of credibility. I mean, that was a high-priority thing. And, you know, the things that Hunter won't say about himself, he did a lot of work. It just kind of snowballed. We were doing the rice, then we were doing the soybeans, then we did it one year, and they're like, hey, what happens if we do this? Then we turned around about twice, and Hunter's doing like 25 different studies, which is way more than one person should be asked to do. He yeah, did them all it, for three years. As a PhD project, I think it's it's 
really good work. It's solid, and it definitely makes a good scientific contribution to the discipline of weed science. And I think it's from that research that Hunter did and, and the additional topics presented from within other states, I think we'll be able to address some next phase research projects for well, that grass control, which continues to be such an important prospect for... Well, it's definitely made a contribution to agriculture in Mississippi because I've used that information from his stuff I, maybe for the last three years. It's at some point you know, during the county meetings or the, the row crop short course or various other meetings that we do in the state. So it's been a big source of information for solving problems in the state. And I think that's a good indicator of a graduate student's project can be used in an extension format before it's even over with. I think that's a good indicator that it's a solid project. I mean, it's funded partially by the Soybean Promotion Board, partially by the Rice Promotion Board. Being able to show those guys a tangible return on their investment when they're still on the payroll, so to speak, I think is very, very beneficial. So you pointed out that I don't really talk about how much stuff I actually did in that project. Most of that goes back to like when I was working on the farm, you'd have guys that worked there that would spend half the day telling you about what they did the day before. And I just, I've never been that type, I guess, never really talk about the stuff that I do. I feel feel like your work should speak for itself. And I agree with that 100%. And I would say that's definitely the way you operate. Hunter interviewed for the Rice agronomist job last fall. Mississippi State offered him that position when he got done with school. And so now he's done with school. He's Thank goodness. Now, yeah. <laughs> 27, finally done with school. He's young. Once the library signs off again, just a technicality, but he will be the full-time rice agronomist. I guess just one year we were without a rice agronomist, Tom, 2021. Yeah, that's right. That sounds right. So after Bobby Golden moved on from Mississippi State. So, Hunter, kind of tell folks what you think about the extension rice agronomist position and what you would like to do in the short term. I mean, I know all of that is subject to change, but just maybe some ideas. My biggest idea, things to do, is just basically get out and ask the growers, what do you want to see? What are some questions you have? Because they're the ones out there every day doing it, you know, and they might see some issues or run into some problems that we don't really have answers to that I may never think about here in Stoneville. So that's that's been the direction I've tried to take it so far. Uh, as far as what we're working on right now, um, we're doing some large plot variety trials across the state in a couple different locations, looking at 15 different varieties and hybrids on farm. We're also looking at row rice, trying to figure out just a complete system for row rice. You know, there's a lot unknown about row rice. If you go talk to anybody about row rice in the state, you're basically going to get a different answer from everybody about how they're doing it. So if we can, you know, define a better system for that to give a little more direction and maybe have two different types of systems that we're making recommendations based off of. I think that would help promote that system within the state. So we're looking at that pretty heavily. And then also based off of Will Eubanks' master work, he did the non-uniform rice stands and saw not a whole lot of yield differences in some of those lower stands. So we're looking at some seeding rates, seeing how low can we actually go before we start to lose yield. 
how do you see yourself fitting in with the group in Stoneville that's already here? And, and that's that's a casual question, but you're going to move from being a graduate student to a faculty member. How do you see your role as the younger faculty member in Stoneville now with a group of seasoned veterans that have already been working in Rice? I think, honestly, it's a great fit because, like you said, there's plenty of seasoned veterans here to learn from and ask questions. I've always tried to be friends with everybody. Uh, I don't like people being mad at me for any reason. So I don't see it being a problem working with all the different specialists as well as also continuing to have a relationship with my colleagues and friends that I made throughout grad school. Here to help, here to learn, here to teach. Not to share too much personal information, but why don't you tell everybody where you're planning on living and, and it, it won't just be you living by yourself there. You're, you're, bringing, you're bringing some folks from across the river too. I'm bringing my wife and a daughter, five-year-old. Uh, she's already enrolled at Bio Academy starting in the fall. We'll be living in the Cleveland area. And then we're also bringing a little boy that will be here in July or August. I haven't really got a date set on that yet. Every time we go to the doctor, you know, it changes. We get a different, <laughs> different, different week every time. It's an inexact size. It's like narrowing the target. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rain forecast. Then you get close and you'll schedule it with the doctor and none of that will ever matter because it'll be on the doctor's schedule. If Not- you ask Madison, it's July. She told the doctor the other day that she was going to be having a baby in July. And he looked at her and said, oh, okay. She could be right. Or not. If it fits the doctor's schedule, it's cool. Well, and it's okay. If the doctor's not the one on call that night, there will be another one there. It's okay. They're excited about getting down here and living in Cleveland. Uh, our neighborhood has a lot of young kids running up and down the street. So what few weekends they've been able to come over and spend some time and be in the neighborhood. You know, Channing's got to meet some of the kids. And every time they're out in the yard, she wants to run out there and meet them sometimes they make it back in the house before she gets a chance to get out there and then she's all upset so i think it'll be good and i think she's excited hunter one thing you just kind of jumped over was the fact that you had been out planting some stuff even before you technically been on the job so i know you went to tunica the other day and planted some plots as you've been up and down the highway what you're feeling on where we are on rice planting you know as far as planting rice this year i think most of it it seems like it's been planted on the weekends because that's when it's been dry but uh from talking to people this past week everybody's goal was to try to get their rice in the ground before this last rain that we got on saturday uh, which we didn't really get further down as you move south down the state but the, the big push was to hurry up and get the rice in the ground last week so I would say, you know, we're probably pretty much pretty close to wrapping up rice planting in the state at this point. Man, we appreciate it, Hunter. And if y'all need to get in touch with Hunter or when you need to get in touch with Hunter, just call me, call Tom, call Jeff. Anybody can get you in touch with Hunter. There's a good contact list, too, I think, on the Mississippi Crop Situation blog, if I'm not mistaken. If he's not on there yet, we can probably get him added pretty pretty easily. Well, yeah. they have my office phone number on the blog, but they don't have my cell phone number. So. <laughs> you don't want your office phone number on there. That's, yeah, we can get Whitney. I'm sure Whitney can update that. That's Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She's kind of taken over as being the overall administrator of that. My cell phone number might be on that one. Whitney got my cell phone number for something. There's some website that has my office number, though. That may be just a straight extension website. Probably so. Because people have called me or emailed me and said that they'd been trying to get a hold of me. Well, this email worked, so 
what can I do for you? Hunter, thanks. Congratulations. You know, welcome on board. That's that's great to have you here. I mean, not saying that you haven't already been here. I mean, I feel like I know you since you've been here for the few years you've been here and look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. And I know all our listeners do. And I know Jason has lots of good things to say about Hunter. Um, we really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time this afternoon to sit down and talk to us. Um, keep up the kind comments. Uh, Call us, track us down if you need us for one-on-one consultations. I know things are coming pretty fast and furious this season, but we're here to help if you need us. Thanks. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.